Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Desperate times means desperate measures. Well, that's always the government plan, isn't it? Back in 2011, by the way, we had a thing called uh, Job Bridge. I'm sure you remember it well. There's been many different employment schemes, by the way. But Job Bridge is probably the most expe- uh, famous of them all. Now, according to the government at the time, of course, Leo Varadkar would have been the head of the Department of Social Protection. He suggested, or the independent research that was done and suggested by, uh, I think it was Indicon, had suggested and declared a 61% success rate from Job Bridge. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean people got a job out of the job bridge scheme they went on, but they would have got a job thereafter maybe, or while they were on it, in a different place. But of course, the argument at the time was that unscrupulous employers were using job bridge and essentially letting people go to hire people who were essentially on the dole and give them 50 quid extra. And that was the way the job bridge scheme worked. Was it successful? It's hard to gauge whether it was successful. The government most likely would want to bring in another scheme and one man who referred to Jobbridge as Scambridge and set up his own campaign against it was TD Paul Murphy, People Before Profit TD for Dublin Southwest, and he joins me on the line. Good afternoon to you, Paul. Good afternoon, Mark. Uh, Paul, firstly, I mean, what are the government suggesting? Because, of course, we are going to have a large amount of unemployment, particularly, I suppose, in that sector, in hospitality, etc., people on minimum wage. So there is going to be a large amount of unemployment probably for the next couple of years until we sort all that out. So what are the government suggesting? Exactly. We're, we're facing, you know, a situation which does have some similarities to back in 2011 when the original job bridge scheme was introduced. In terms of very high levels of unemployment, they're forecasting 8 to 10% unemployment next year, and it'll be much higher for young people. So the government has said they're going to introduce a new job activation scheme, um, which... It's, a new, it's a new name anyway, at least, Paul. Well, they're going to have a new name, I presume, <laughs> because I presume they wouldn't be silly enough to uh, call it Jobbridge 2.0. But certainly that's what we're calling it for now, yeah. because they haven't come out with the details of it. But what they have said in parliamentary question or answers... Um, it's, it's certainly very reminiscent of Jobbridge. It seems like a scheme that private and public sector employers will be able to get people to come onto, um, where people will supposedly be getting training, but we think potentially will be doing free labour like happened under, under Jobbridge. So we're very concerned about that and we're, we're sending a message to the government not to go ahead with any Jobbridge 2.0 plan. Now, in relation to Jobbridge itself, there's no doubt, Paul, I think I sp- probably spoke to you at the I time so. on, on yeah. numerous occasions when Jobbridge was around before they, it, it ended in 2016, I think it was. And I, there was no doubt there was unscrupulous employers. There was people out there getting, you know, their dole and 50 quid for painting markings on a football pitch or picking apples or, or stuff that, you know, people should have been paid to do. And there is no doubt about that. But I did see situations, for example, we had people here on Jobbridge in the radio station at the time. I know one particular individual who's in a very good production job now in a radio station and started off on Jobbridge here. Now, he didn't get a job in production here initially, but then moved to a different radio station when his job uh, bridge expired because he had gained the skills to be a producer. So you might not have got the job there, but you might have got it somewhere else. And I, I wouldn't say that we were unscrupulous in the way we did it. Yes, of course, we used the cheap labour like every other company who did at the time, but that person gained a skill which got them a job. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly was very widespread in the media uh, sector, um, and I'm not calling the media sector employers necessarily unscrupulous. Some of them are. Um, <laughs> but, <go on. laughs> sure. um, but, but, but I think um, the fact that this scheme existed, right, meant that um, your company um, could avail of it. They wanted someone to come in to do work and to learn, fair enough, um, and then they were able to get it, take advantage of this free labour scheme. Um, and the, 
point that all the independent reports that have looked at would make is that there's job displacement going on. So there's some jobs that would have been created that were not created because JobBridge existed. I remember one incident, I won't give the, the company, but where one um, chain of garages across the country was in one fell swoop trying to employ 18 or 19 JobBridge interns all in one go. And it was clear that those were actually real jobs. They were jobs that otherwise would have been created but weren't because instead they had people working for free. And um, like you said, I mean, we used to, with the Scambridge campaign, every single week we'd have new horrendous stories. And, and there's no doubt those anecdotal stories existed, John, or should I say, uh, Paul. But I mean, and, and is JobBridge perfect? No, it's clearly not perfect and it wasn't perfect. And, you know, there's been lots of well-publicised instances of abuse and rogue host companies that had been barred from particip- participating mm-hmm. in it. But and an element of displacement is, I suppose, it's unavoidable. But the independent evaluation suggests that that was minimal. That, you know, OK, the figure of 61% that was, I suppose, that Indicon came out with and they declared it a 61% success. And other governments around the world, by the way, according to the minister at the time, were looking at a job bridge, at the Irish job bridge scheme, thinking this is great, we should do this too. So, I mean, do you not believe there was some benefits to it, to some people who genuinely wanted to get a job? On the whole, no. I mean, I think you can definitely find isolated incidents whereby it worked for particular individuals and worked for particular uh, employers. As a whole, it had two effects. One was to displace actual jobs, and the other was to act as a, as a downward pressure on wages for all workers. Because if you're in, let's say you're in work and you're on 12 euros an hour and you're looking for a pay increase to 13 or 14 euros an hour, but if your employer can turn around to you and say, well, look, I can get someone in for free uh, to do the extra work that you're being asked to do, um, so I'm not going to pay you. And it, so it also had that uh, effect. I mean, this, this was part of an international trend. And at the same time in Britain, you had a thing called uh, Workfare. But these aren't good schemes. <laughs> these are absolutely but there's a lot bad of bad schemes. schemes out there. I've seen some worse ones. I mean, some of the schemes in social, the Department of Social Protection has at the moment, whereby there's these mm-hmm. uh, companies, contract companies, which are basically sending people for interviews that don't even exist and mm-hmm. probably getting paid per head. And the likes of CTEC, uh, so the job bridge, the companies involved in the, in the job path, um, they, they get paid in a very perverse uh, way where their interest is is not for you to go and end up with a quality job. No, they're inju- they're, 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 it's, it's in their best interest to keep your name on the books. It, it, exactly. Um, but I mean, so the government, you're right, relied a lot on this report called Indicon, and we would have spent a lot of time debunking various aspects of the Indicon report. I think what what finally did for Jobbridge was that an internal audit came out, and the bottom line figure in that was that only about one in five of those who got JobBridge intern, internships ended up with jobs with the company where they were. They were and I wouldn't disagree with that. But the argument, again, I make in relation to, say, the person that I knew here, for example, mm-hmm. and I think we probably, over the course of the whole four years in JobBridge, I think we probably had about three people on JobBridge at the radio station. But I know one of them did extremely well, but not with this company, with another company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's just because at the time we didn't need that producer job here at the time. So, you know, but that person gained a skill they didn't have before. And they got a really good job, and I know they're doing really, really well in another radio station at the moment. But okay, so so what's the alternative, Paul? Then you're telling us everything that we shouldn't do, and I'm not completely disagreeing with you because I hate to see employers take advantage of people, right? So, I mean, when you look at a high unemployment rate, particularly for those who are unskilled, and generally that's what happens when you have a recession or in this situation with COVID. The majority of people that end up unemployed are those who tend to be unskilled in the labour force. So how do you help those people get back onto the, you know, onto the ladder again? How, what's the best way to do it? Yeah. 
so there's a few different things. One is to take up the point that you said about kind of like so in some professions, on-the-job training is very important. But in those circumstances, that needs to be something whereby at the end of it, someone comes out with a certificate or a diploma or a degree. Um, so we need investment in all sorts of education, including revamped apprenticeship schemes, um, which would include apprenticeships, for example, in, in media. So instead of getting the job bridge for nine months and so on, you could have a course which includes in-classroom training, but also on-the-job uh, training. So that's, that's a very important thing that needs to be uh, done. The, the other main thing is that the state needs to invest in actual job creation. You know, we have an absence of jobs with huge unemployment with people with necessary skills who could contribute, and the state needs to invest in it. And in particular, what we would emphasize now is the need for green jobs. I mean, we need a rapid and just transition to a zero-carbon economy, and that's going to take a huge amount of labor, uh, both in terms of things like rewetting of uh, bogs, afforestation, uh, retrofitting of people's homes, insulation, but also, you know, so-called care jobs are also green jobs. So okay, jobs would you eliminate the other jobs then from uh, obviously participating in any kind of scheme, i.e., you don't want people on a scheme packing shelves in a supermarket? Those jobs, you believe, shouldn't be available through any sort of schemes. Exactly. Those, those should be jobs. Those should be jobs that people get paid for because that's what they are. I mean, you know, we, we had in the past people working for nine months on a job bridge learning how to pack uh, supermarket shelves. And that's not to speak down about people who are, you know, working packing supermarket shelves. That's a vital job. We know but that. But you haven't gained but a skill at the end of it. it, it, it exactly. You, Unless you, you didn't know how to pack shelves that was, beforehand. That was, worth, that was worth nine months, like, and you've been exploited <laughs> by your employer in that time, no question uh, about that. And that was the truth in terms of I mean, the other part where, where Jobbridge was widely used, again, was in the public sector. Um, public sector, both at a central level, but also in local councils, used loads and loads of Jobbridge. I think 30 or 40% of Jobbridge was in the public sector. Mm-hmm. And those people had zero chance of getting a job at the end of it, because at the time, there was a moratorium on employment in the public sector. So really, different... And, that, and well, and those jobs sector. have to be advertised anyway, so I mean, they weren't going to get them. Uh-huh. They were, they were so never going to get them. The, the, the public sector was simply using the free labour scheme to fill in gaps for actual jobs that, need, that were needed. And again, we, we should have had actual job creation, creating quality, decent jobs um, for people, as opposed to this sort of scheme. OK, well, look, I'm going to ask callers to give a ring in and, and let us know how they got on, be it on JobRage or any other particular scheme. But I, I absolutely agree with what every, almost everything you said, Paul. I do believe that JobRage was abused by a lot of people. I do believe some people did do well out of it. I do believe that... On the whole, I know you're not going to agree with me that I think the, the job rate, although flawed, it was successful for many people, but unfortunately not for enough. Uh, but listen, Paul, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate Thanks, you coming here. All right, there you go, Paul Murphy. Uh, people for Profit TV, RTD for Dublin South West. Uh, he led a campaign called Scambridge to stop Jobbridge because he believed it took advantage of people. The way Jobbridge worked basically was you got your dole and you got 50 quid extra and you were on the job essentially. Now people say, well, why would I walk for 50 quid, Noel? Well, you weren't actually working for 50 quid. You know, you were working for your dole and 50 quid. So whatever your dole happened to be, I suppose you're working for that and the 50 quid. All right. So we want you to text. Keep texting. The numbers are 087-188-0008. And by the way, we have a new hippus. A new hippus. Oh, sorry. I want you, yes, I want you to text in. Have you ever been on a Jobbridge scheme? Have you ever been on any of these schemes? And do you agree or did you agree with Jobbridge? 
We're talking about schemes, job bridge in particular. And you heard Paul Murphy, who set up a campaign called Scambridge. And he's saying, basically, the government are kind of doing the same thing again. They want to bring in another scheme, which is going to encourage people to get work by paying them ridiculously low amounts of money. And he believes they'd be abused in the workplace, similar to the last time. And there's no doubt they were abused the last time by some unscrupulous employers. But not all employers did that. Some people genuinely took it seriously. A lot of people got jobs out of it. So I want to know, have you ever been on a scheme... And did it ever work for you? Anybody ever been on a scheme? Maybe you've been unemployed. You went on Job Bridge, maybe, or some other community scheme. And you actually got a job out of it. Let me know what you think. Do these schemes work? Do they make a difference? The number is 087-188-0008. Or maybe you're aware of employers. Please don't name them on the air. But aware of employers who took advantage of Job Bridge and paid you, you know, 50 quid on top of your dole for packing shelves or making chips or something like that. Not that there's anything wrong with those jobs, but indeed, if it was being used for a job bridge, that would have been wrong. Uh, the number is 87 188 Sean, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Sean? Hi, Niall. How are you? Good, Sean. Now, Sean, were you on a scheme? I was, Niall. Okay. Uh, I worked for 30 years and in the, uh, the, the last... Uh, the economy collapsed. I ended up unemployed. Um, I did, in the first instance, I went studying to upskill. But secondly, uh, I did a community employment scheme, which tends to be mostly uh, working for charities, non for profit organisations, those type of things. Yeah. And. Uh, I ended up in full-time employment because it was something on my CV rather than a big gap doing nothing. Yeah. Now, I people told me you were working for 50 quid and all this. I was going to swear in daytime television, sorry. I'm glad you didn't, Sean, yeah. <laughs> um, I prefer to be walking for money rather than getting it for nothing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know, I think it's good for your work ethic as well. Yeah. It's good for your bloody uh, for your mental, mental health. health. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, you, you two or three days dotting at home is great. After that, you go mad. You get bored. Though. Yeah, you would get bored. Uh, that carry on. Yeah, watching reruns of the Little House in the Prairie. Ah, uh, don't be like saying that. that now. You're going to have Donald ringing up, giving out. He said he loves the Little House in the Prairie. But go on. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But uh, now and again, watching one of those things is great. But. The, the human mind needs to be active. The human body needs to be active. And I can't see any harm in something to get you active where you're not active in the first place. And but what do you say to people who believe that it was exploited? It exploited people? I don't accept that argument, Noel. Um, exploit them in what way? Well, I mean, uh, they they basically... <laughs> exploited people. Um, say, for example, you know, there, there was one job I heard of on Jobbridge where a fellow was hired to go out onto football pitches to do the markings, the white markings on the ground. Now, they didn't have to hire somebody on Jobbridge to do that. They could have paid somebody to do that, but it just saved the company money by doing Jobbridge. He really wasn't, he wasn't getting a skill. It's not like it's an apprenticeship. I didn't necessarily get, quote, a skill either. Uh, I worked in retail for 30 years and on my community employment scheme I was working in customer service. So it, it may not have been a skill, but it was, uh, how would you say, keeping my current skills up to date. And mm. uh, when, when people say exploited, um, 
I do struggle to understand it. Um, I, I was never made wild promises. You might get a job, but it, it was always a, a one-year scheme. I knew where they stood. Yeah, well, well, well. Hang on a second, because speaking of Donald, by the way, uh, Donald, you're an Ireland's classic kid. How you doing? Jesus, you're reading me on the national airways. I know. I, I mean, did Japer Stone? I didn't really even know you were coming on next, and there you go. And he he was giving out about the little house on the prairie. <laughs> yeah, well, 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 before we talk, I'll tell you two gentlemen. Or I want to or whatever. No. <laughs> Don't the sacrament? It's sacrilegious to give out about okay. the little house on the prairie. Watched a great movie last night, Mr. Ripley, Matt Damon. Oh, yeah, great movie. Great movie. Great movie. Thanks, Donald, for sharing that with us. Yeah, yeah. no, there you go. Look, it, it, it is, it, it, of course, there were exploitation of, of people. I've I seen orders. Giving somebody 50 hours a week, and at the end of them, they weren't even being trained. As I said, an apprentice is different. I think apprentices get 250 hours a week. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they're going to learn something, and, going, and you know what? Well, it's a proper recognised course, yeah. Yeah, yes, exactly. Well, I, if you want to fix the, the, the how the working problem in this country is very simple. People should be offered a job with a living wage. Everybody's entitled to a living wage. But if you don't accept that job, then you get nothing. That's what needs to happen in this country. That's the way to fix it. Because we have a lot of layabouts that will... The very minute they're offered a job... The well, no, they're, they're not, when you say a lot of layabouts, there's always going to be layabouts in society, you know? Oh, well, yeah, but, but, yeah, but yeah. you can't get rid of the layabouts. But, they're all, but, but the layabouts are always going to be layabouts. It's not going to change, no matter how many schemes... The whole idea oh, of a scheme is to try and get somebody who generally wants to work back to work, and that's the idea of a scheme. Yes, but now, at the moment, we have a system in this country where if a person, some people, if they're offered a job, they're going to say, am I better off on the door? Yeah, you know, I know and that happens. You, you have, that has to stop. So you need to offer a person a job and offer them a living wage. What's a living wage? At the moment, what, 12 an hour. Well, offer them the twelve fifty an hour. And then if you don't take it, then you're gone. Okay, but getting, yeah, but getting back to these schemes, do you remember the job bridge scheme, by the way? I do, and, and, and were all, it was all bull. I mean, there was no training about well, it. You were offering well, there was, no, that, no that's, it, that's incorrect, because I, I know people yeah, who were on it, and I know people who got jobs from it, and I know people who did learn a new skill from it. So I don't believe... I think if you wanted to learn a new skill from it, you'll get a new skill from it. For, there were some people who just took job bridge to get the extra 50 quid and didn't bother doing that and just sat there for the day. No, that's fair enough. Get a job, a job bridge was about training people and teaching them skills. It's, so it's an apprenticeship. So if it's, if it is an apprenticeship, it should be paid in this apprenticeship and get at least two hundred and fifty hours a week. Mm-hmm. That's the way it should have been. Yeah, well, well, well on job bridge you do. You get your dole plus the fifty quid. Yes, and what it was doing it was the same as the CE schemes now. What it was doing was the government then could sit say there were so many people off the live register. That's what it was all about. Just taking figures off the live register. Well, it was, I mean, there, was a, there was a lot of that going on, yeah, of course. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. But eventually a lot of those people, 61% of those people who went on JobBridge got a job, so they did come off the live register. Now, I've I done, done a CE scheme about three years ago, and, the, and every, most of the people on the CE scheme, they're not doing used to say to me, they were getting an extra 20 euros a week on top of their door. And yeah. what they were saying, I'm working for 20 euros a week. I used to but they're, no, they weren't working for 20 a week. Yeah, I used to say that, you're not working for 20 euros a week, you're working for 220 euros a week. Yeah, yeah. But you see, this is the attitude in the country, and, we, and we, this is what needs to go. This word entitlement, that has to be gone. Okay, we'll stay there for a second. Let me go to as well to get, uh, Gary on Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Gary? Hello, my friend. Hello, Noel Boyle. How are you? <laughs> it's been a while. Jeez, it's like a love in. Oh, relax yourself there, Noel. Relax yourself there, <laughs> pretending you don't know me. Gary Cunningham, uh, how are you? 
Oh, I'm, I'm wonderful, Noel. I'm wonderful. How are you? I, uh, good. Oh, so I have two quick ones for you, I suppose. Gary, um, let me just clarify something here. When you come on the air or when you go onto Facebook or social media or whatever it is you're doing, there's nothing ever quick about it. So don't use the word quick, all right? I resemble that remark. But anyway, <laughs> we move on. Um, I'm going to try... No, no, you, no, you see, you, you, you've still got on grade now. It all started when I was 16. <laughs> you know, uh, it all so started when I was in the womb. The first one I did, I think it was called the Springboard uh, Initiative. I think that's what they called it. Right. And basically, um, I, you know, you, you were called in, but I was out of work at the time. It was before prison, and I was out of work, and I was a layabout, and I was an alcoholic and a gobshite at the time, right? And the, I was called into the dole. And in fairness, like, without blowing smoke up my bum I, I, I've always worked so when they gave me this, this, this chance to, to do something and learn a new skill I jumped at it so I used to go into Smithfield every day uh, it was like going to school you'd log on to a computer you'd browse for jobs all this kind of stuff and there was people there to help and then one day Air, Air came in or Aircom or whatever they were called at the time the one on, um, on uh, Cottonbury Street yeah. and they had a representative being and this, this guy was salesman of the year he's like you want to come and work for us you know, and Sounds like a religion, yeah, go on. I jumped at it, I yeah, I do. So uh, basically, there were six of us picked. Uh, we used to, our ship, we, we did a week's training, uh, which was to learn how to use our system, because you were going to be a customer service re- representative. And the shift they gave us was from 5pm to 10pm, which when you think about it, is when Mr. and Mrs. Smith comes home from work, yep. gets their bill, and isn't happy with it. So <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, we had no training, or very little, and we were expected to hit the ground running. And what so I you were like human was, fire extinguishers? Absolutely. The only problem with me, Noel, was, was my attitude. I lasted a week before I was let go. Why? Did, uh, you didn't tell someone to F off or something like I that? Didn't, did you? No, but I said you had an attitude with me, and I didn't, I didn't make the phone calls that they did, so that's why their bill is like that. No, no, that was a, <laughs> not, 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 not the greatest of customer service. No, no, no it's not. Anyway, uh, but what I did find was the lads, and there was two girls actually did it as well, they, they weren't long about leaving after me because the idea being, I, I agree. So, okay, so are you trying to say to me that a lot of these schemes are to get people to do jobs that nobody else really wants to I, do? I felt that one was. Now, that chap that was on before me spoke a lot of sense on a lot of things. I totally agree with... Donald uh, rarely speaks sense, but go on. Well, uh, Jameer, that's, that's your opinion. <laughs> you don't mind him, Donald. You don't mind him. I, because I don't mind him. We can talk over him, Donald. We can talk over <laughs> I, him. I, I, but, I uh, used to don't mind violence. <laughs> <laughs> you you made a very good point, though, Donald, about a living wage. With an incentive yeah. to work. Now, look, let's be honest about it. There's still guys and girls that won't bother their bum getting up and, and working. But I think, but I don't think, um, I, and I'm sorry, I do believe that working for your doll in various comments, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So I don't think you're working for 50 quid. I actually, we actually got nothing uh, extra when we did that air, air com thing. Now, this has gone back a good few years. Yeah. Excuse me. Years ago. Now, the second one I got was more positive. When I came out of prison, uh, again, I was back, found myself back in the vault. And straight away, I was, I, I, I was put onto this game. I was in, I can't remember the name, but no, I spoke to you about this far, and I got a caseworker called Shane, and he was incredible. And within two weeks, he had me a job interview. By the way, is that, is that with the Irish Penal Service? Do, do they, no, no, do no, they set actually, up stuff for you? No, but they, there are a lot of uh, uh, bodies out there that will help. There's, uh, yeah. there's pathways, there's the Irish Penal Reform Trust. There, but there's no actual body, no. There's no actual okay. body. Um, so basically, uh, when the, the first one I did, I documented my second book. And uh, I went... Is that a plug? Is it, you see the, did, do you see what he's doing here? Come here. Donald, are you still here? Are you still there? Oh, he's gone. Yeah, I know, no, I know. I see what you're. I see where we're going here, Gary. Now, that was in the second book. You're plugging your book. When's the third book coming out? By the way, book. 
fucking oil. Let's get back to the first book. No, no, but anyway, what it was, I went to this interview. Where's and- the third book, by the way? Uh, that's that's been out. No, no, I'm on my fifth book. I went on, I, I've anywhere. got a good title for your next book: Coping with COVID. <laughs> that's done and all. <laughs> my, my, my next book is called Living with Boylan. <laughs> a lot of people would be interested in the juicy gossip we have in this one. Anyway, listen, I, I digress. I was in with this this, this man in uh, in the Westbury Hotel. Went for the job as the maintenance painter. Uh, got the job. Like your man was really really impressed. And the last thing he gave me though was that form that most prisoners hate. And the, the first question on the forum was, uh, have you ever been incarcerated? So anyway, needless to say, I didn't get a job. So the Could you not just is, put down no? Did they find oh, out? Oh, here's the thing. It's amazing that you say that. And actually, the, the organisation that you just mentioned, when I saw uh, this guy, it ended up, he knew my father, my late father. He, his father worked with my dad. We ended up talking for about 20 minutes, half an hour after the interview. His last words to me were, I oh, actually feel sorry for the next fellow guy. Look, basically you have this here. Can you just fill this in? I was on cloud nine. This is my first opportunity to walk after prison. And the very first question was, have you ever been incarcerated? It wasn't anything else. That was the first question. So I went uh, I went outside. I rang Antoinette first. I was panicking. I said, will I lie? And she said no. Um, but then I rang the Irish Penal Reform Trust. And the girl I got on the phone was incredible. She said, absolutely do not lie. Not in today's world. Uh, if there was any articles which there was wrote about me when I was incarcerated, that would come up. Um, so straight away I'm starting off as well, a well, there, there's a whole other topic for us to discuss by the way yeah, not, exactly. not should you lie on the forum but is it fair that somebody who has at whatever you, you point know, that I've got to jail check the second book but that's what it's about the reintegration of prisoners in society. and by the way the second chance yeah the second bite of the cherry not, it's not me playing a violin it's not about that ex-prisoners should own what they did show people that they're sorry and the one great way of showing you're sorry is to provide back to society that you let down in the first place which yeah. is that kind of hard if nobody will give you a chance anyway look that's neither here nor there what, what I did find about that particular group that, that springboard or whatever they were called they were fantastic they went and followed up they rang the guy back why did Gary not get this job is there anything uh, you could give Gary that would help him in his next interview they were amazing actually so mm-hmm. I kind of had a tale of two, 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 uh, yeah. two organisations I do, I do believe though that there's no harm in working for your doll. I don't, I don't really see a harm in that. Uh, I think it would get people off your back as well. And I certainly, I wouldn't agree that it's you're working for 50 quid, you're working for 270, if that's the case. Um, and also, I just to say again to Donald, that I think, I think that's a, a, an idea that could even be debated, where, where people are offered a living wage job. I mean, no, look, I, I, I'm not going to disagree with Paul Murphy that there were people exploited in Jobbridge. Of course. And, and you're always going to have that. But you could easily get rid of that by, first of all, monitoring it a little bit better. Yes, but you could absolutely. also get rid of that by, when you do get complaints about companies taking advantage of it, and you shouldn't allow, like, for example, there's no way a supermarket should be allowed to have people on Jobbridge or a scheme packing shelves. No, absolutely not. Because that's, absolutely that's not, not a skill. You know, and again, I unless you didn't know how to pack shells beforehand, but I I, I'm not great at it now. Noel, no, but, but, uh, but in saying that, that just shouldn't be allowed. And companies then who are found to be exploiting it should be just banned from the system. Should be, and yeah, now, again, with that air, the air that I did—that's a long time ago. So before prison, they moved. It was 2010, 11, 12. Yeah, well, if, um, if they were using you basically for you know for basically for, for a job, they should be employing people for exactly. And we were given a role that was always going to be difficult, but that's fine. That's every job. But they, we yeah, but in fairness, this is the point. That Paul Murphy made that job the 5 to 10 job dealing with customer service right look somebody has to do it but that should be a job where you employ people you don't take people down on the scheme or, or you have someone that has better experience of dealing like, absolutely no, it was very rare I got a phone call saying hi uh, just How are you? to say your service is magnificent <laughs> no, you know I, um, you, I mean you? people who ring up companies they're generally ringing to complain yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah you know 
So, I mean, like, look, I, I, you know, I'm honest, I was a gobshite, and, and, and within a week I told someone, well, listen, I didn't make a phone call, you did, and that was the end of that. Yeah. Um, but I did, but I, it was the other guys and, and the two girls that was with us, they, I, I kept in touch with them, and they were saying, no, like, we're, we're getting given out to by our supervisor, and we're looking at each other going, you're on a full week's wage, I'm getting me doll plus 20 quid, uh, don't speak to me like that, you know, that type of stuff. Um, yeah, it is. It's a bitter pill to swallow when you're on such low money and you're looking at other people sitting beside you on a full wage, you, and you're think, taking the same nonsense as there. I just believe it's a bitter pill to swallow if you're being exploited. I don't think it's a bitter pill to swallow if you feel like you're getting up again, getting back into the work uh, and learning a new skill, maybe a genuine new skill. Getting back yeah. into a routine of getting up, you know, having your brekkie, making your way to work or teaching or whatever it is. Like, that's all going to hold you in good stead, for please God, if a, a, a proper job does uh, uh, rear its head, that you'll, be, you'll already have done the legwork of getting back up in the morning, getting yourself into them routines. By the way, before, before I let you go, Gary, you have any new poems, no? I have one. I've just, I've just finished one. Uh, <clears throat> my, my very good friend, Niall, <laughs> he's he, on the radio... Are you making this up as you're going along there? Making up as you're going along. <laughs> yeah, Gary, don't even try. I'm not even trying. No, no you're going to make a mess. I just, I just lost four followers on YouTube with him. <laughs> Come here, listen to me. Uh, are you okay? No one ever asked you that. I'm grand, Gary. Never better. Brilliant. Never Brilliant. better. All right, you listen. Sound and look fantastic. Ah, oh, well, I always look fantastic. Listen, thank you very much indeed, Gary Cunningham. I appreciate it. Take care. Take care. See you. Bye-bye. 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 Gary's books are available. All of them. <laughs> and he's got another one on the way. It's just book after book that fella's bringing out these days. All right, after the break, I just want to take one or two more of your calls. And the number is 087-188-008. Have you ever been taken advantage by a job scheme? Or maybe you did well out of JobBridge or another scheme just like that and got a really good job at the end of it. Hi, Carol. How are you? You're in Ireland's Classic Hits. Hi, Niall. How are you? Good. Now, your daughter did a jobs bridge scheme. She did. Ten uh, years ago, I've just, when she finished college, she was out about two, three months, and she was applying for these jobs every day, and I was just watching her getting more despondent. She just needed that door to just open. Just kick, yeah, just a yeah, little push, little yeah. And I could watch it, and it was, it was agony, thinking, oh, I wonder, should I get to do something else? You know, you don't know what to do as a mother. So then... I mean, because you have to remember, by the way, she came into the job market right bang smack mm. when the recession was at its worst, 2010, 2011. Yeah, yeah, yet there was, in fairness, like there was a lot of jobs in the country. She's in digital marketing, which was being to take off, but she just couldn't get that out. She had no experience. That was her, her base, not enough experience anyway. So she came down one day and said, Mom, I can't do this anymore. I'm going for a job bridge scheme, local hotel, digital marketing, role though. I was sceptical. You know the way I was like, oh God, no, I don't think this no is great. But I didn't want to stand in a way, so I better support her. So first day she went off, I remember the first time I saw her out of bed, dressed up in a suit, watched her walk up the road. It was only literally five minutes walk from us, the hotel. Yeah. Saw her walking up, thought, okay, God, today goes well. Watched for her coming home, five, no sign of her. Next thing about 20 minutes there, I could see her bouncing on the road, skipping along, and I thought, oh, thank God. She's you didn't happy. know there's something. And... Every day after that, like, full of talk about it. He was so encouraging, the manager. She had fantastic drive and ambition. He responded to it. And every day, it was like this new girl back again to me. I said, oh, now. But she still stayed applying for jobs. And she got an interview three weeks later, actually, in a a job here in Galway, and got it. Because she had a little bit of experience. It wasn't an experience. It's just the whole skip. I know, you know yourself, confidence is... Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, and it was that. So it just kind of gave her the little bit of oomph that she needed. It did, and yeah. she felt, and the, the hotel were actually going to take her on, but they had a position for about six months. 
But she she stayed with them about four or five weeks afterwards and then she went in and she actually came back in the evenings finishing things. She had started projects with them because she was so appreciative. And when she got into her new job then, she started talking about the job bridge and they took on somebody yeah. there in that job. And he was kept on there. Yvonne has like yeah. to London, she's back, she's gone. It was this just, is what I said to Paul Morphy earlier on, that a lot of people did okay out of job bridge, depending yeah. on the jobs and depending on the employers and how much they cared. There was no doubt, and I did agree with Paul Morphy, there is no doubt that employers took advantage of it. Oh, there were definitely. Yeah. I've heard stories. I feel it has to be kept, like, where you can learn a new skill. I'm, and again, I have scrubbed those, I have patched It's not that I look down at those kind of words, but I never learn, need to learn them. They're not a skill you need to learn. I feel like if they could only keep it to where they would actually benefit, there was an actual genuine job opportunity there, not just cheap labour. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm looking here, and uh, although I agreed with some of what Paul said earlier on, a lot of people texting in say they did all right by it. Because, Brendan, you, uh, Brendan, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Brendan? Hi, Niall. Great to talk to you. Okay, now, you're a supervisor, or you were a supervisor of a similar scheme. Yeah, back in 1981-82, the government introduced um, a social employment scheme. Was that with manpower at the time? No, it was through the local county council. Oh, right, where, okay. Where thousands of, of, of long-term unemployed... Were, were taken off the dole. Now, they were kind of told they had to do it. Yeah. And we were given 20 lads uh, on a Monday morning in a housing estate where we had to go in and put down footpaths and clean up overgrown areas. Right. And those 20 lads, a lot of them were very reluctant at the start because they were... Of course they were. They didn't the want to work, yeah. <laughs> they, they hadn't worked for ages. Some of them hadn't even cut their hair in as long. And, um, you know, some of them were good, uh, a lot of them were bad. One particular fellow foreman, one of the supervisors was telling me, he said, wouldn't you even take off your coat, even if it were just to keep yourself warm? Yeah. And he says, I'd rather go home cold and tired. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so how, I mean, generally speaking, you know, I'm not going to say out of the 20 that you had, but uh, generally speaking on that scheme, would you say that a percentage of them then actually got a job or took a job somewhere else even? Yes, we we used to take note of the good lads and a lot of them got full-time work with the county councils later on. They used to get £70 a week before the Euro and they worked a week on and a week off and when you were trying to push them to do things, they used to say, what do you expect for £70 a week? Yeah. But I, but I used to say, no, you're, you're getting £140 for 40 hours' work. Because they were off the following week, and you'd a new twenty lads. Yeah. So, and so you you believe that just encouraged them to get up in the morning and get a routine and get back into a routine of working again. Yes, and a lot of them reluctantly at the start, but after a couple of months, they appreciated. They, they yeah. appreciated that they were back mm. into society. And they I think I think that's what Carol is saying about her daughter too. Not it's not necessarily the job; it's the getting up in the morning. Carol yeah. described her daughter getting up all yeah. dressed up and suited, booted, and ready to go to work. It just gave you that incentive to get up and do something. Yes, of course it did. Mm. And a lot of them ended up with full-time jobs and went on to other employments yeah. as well. The very fact that they were kind of half-forced to get back into the workplace, you know. It was worth it. I mean, I mean, Carol, these, these, these schemes, a lot of people are against the idea because, of course, you don't get paid a huge amount of money. Uh, it's a little bit extra on top of your dole. Do you think that aspect of it is exploitative? 
Um, see, I don't feel it was about the money in my daughter's case. Oh, obviously, she was delighted with the extra program, but it was the, like you said, Michelle, it's to get up, it's to feel worthwhile. She felt appreciated. She began to feel she was useless. Yeah. And no goals, and useless. All these things were coming into her head before she got anything. It was feeling worthwhile, feeling you're something to contribute to society, feeling that you're appreciated and that she was a very intelligent girl, is an intelligent girl. Like, and she just felt this was all appreciated again. It was that... The, 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 how is she doing know, now, by the way, Carol? Is she doing all right now? She's just got a job in LinkedIn. Very high. Happy days. Happy days. Lovely. She um, went to London in between and now she's got a job in LinkedIn. Yeah, she's done... It was a Great company, and it's a company that'll be around for a long time. So... Yeah. And it just put her on the ladder, Niall, yeah. and she just kept going. She, her own drive, her own ambition, all these things have got her there, but they gave her that first step onto the first row. That's Absolutely. It. Listen, Carol, Brennan, thank you very much indeed. Loads of people texting in, by the way, saying the same thing. One or two texts, by the way, of people saying they felt exploited. Uh, but certainly most people who are texting today said they did quite well out of it, or know people who did quite well out of it. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.